Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we got a ton of listener questions. We're going to try to answer as many of those today as we can. You ready for it? Yeah, let's just start buzzing through these. I mean, our, our audience is awesome on Twitter. Anytime you throw that out there, we just get flooded with questions. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's start at the top here. First question comes from Dynasty Pigskin. Compare the projected 2021 class versus the 20 class, the current rookie class, by position group. Which is better? at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, Matt, you've got a pretty good feel, obviously, for the current class. I know you've been doing a ton of rookie drafts, a lot of uh, studying on the the entire group. What do you think about it from a positional standpoint? Uh, I mean, the, the narrative has been that running back and wide receiver is strong, tight end is weak, uh, quarterback somewhere in the middle. Do you agree with all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think the receiver class is exceptional. I think the the running back class is quite good, but I'm not sure there's a star. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that there's a stud, you know, Hall of Fame type guy. Tight end class is bad. I, there's some guys I like. I have to think, and I've done a little bit of homework, you know, reading Mel and Todd's lists and things like that. It sure looks like the 21 class of tight ends has a chance to be noticeably better, maybe with some first-round picks in the real world. And the quarterback draft is probably better, too. I mean, Lawrence versus Burrow, Fields versus Tua, I guess is a coin, you know, something we could fight over. But at least it's in the same neighborhood. My worry, though, well, not worry, I mean, because see how it is. But what if ATN goes in a supplemental draft? You know, things like that I think we need to consider, too. Yeah, that's fair. It does seem like the NFL has, has kind of shut the door on those things and mm-hmm. um, on on the supplemental piece. But uh, what I'm hearing is from from people who know more about it even even than I do is that the 2021 wide receiver group might be even better than what yeah. we've got this year, uh, which is is kind of hard to imagine because you've got uh you know we had the talk about 30 wide receivers in the top 100 and of course that didn't that didn't come to pass but you did have record-setting numbers for wide receivers being drafted uh, through each round through each day and and then by the end of the the entire draft as well the running back group is really a concern for 2021 right now and of course we've got we've got a full year uh basically before we really know what that what that group looks like, but the top three running backs by far right now are the three kids who went back to school that could have been part of this class. Chuba Hubbard, uh, Etienne, as you mentioned, and Najee Harris at Alabama. All three of those guys could have been in this class. Uh, now they're the top three and, and they will be in that 2021 class as, uh, as I believe they're all seniors now. Uh, but outside of those three, it's it's looking pretty ugly, and, and there's there's some guys who could step up. Zamir White at Georgia is, has always been an intriguing guy. Max Borgie uh, from Washington State. We'll see what happens with the coaching change there. Uh, but running back, if, if you want your running back, you better get them in this class for sure. Quick, quick, quick little nuggets on that is I did read Mike Renner's article on Pro Football Focus, and the headline was, Hey, the 21 classes looks like it could be better than the 20 class at receiver, like you mentioned, which is kind of mind-boggling, but boy, the NCAA is just 
pumping out unbelievable receivers year after year. And I guess my last question to you is those three that you mentioned that went back, do you think they would have been in that top five tier this year, you know, with Akers and Dobbins and those guys? Um, I think ATN certainly could have been. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, he was uh, he was vying for that RB1 spot, uh, at least from a dynasty perspective. And, you know, maybe that would have changed given landing spots and who knows what what kind of draft capital he would have ended up with. But he was at least in that conversation. So, yeah, we, we talk about the top tier of seven with the, the five backs and the and the two receivers. I think that would have been eight with with Travis Etienne in there. And I'm a little lower on both Hubbard and, uh, and Najee Harris than, than maybe some others. But I think at the very least, they would have bridged that gap between the top tier of backs and, and the second tier. Like I said, we've, we've got those five running backs that everybody wants a piece of. And after that, it's a big drop to Zach Moss and AJ mm-hmm. Dillon and you know the the two converted kids Bowden and Gibson uh, whoever uh, I, I guess Vaughn kind of helped bridge that gap thanks to the landing spot but it, before the NFL draft it was a huge gap from RB5 to RB6 Vaughn kind of helped that a little bit but Hubbard and and, and Najee Harris would have been right there as mid to late first rounders potentially in in rookie drafts to really obviously make the the class even stronger but uh, that's not the case they go back and and they helped the 21 class because it it was looking like uh, a ton of strong wide receivers and almost nothing at running back and and now there's three strong options Hubbard ATN uh, could could battle the the wide receivers for the 101 uh, spot next year and we've mentioned these wide receivers so much, but just to put some names out there, Jamar Chase right now is the the clear favorite to be the 101. He's the top Debbie prospect, had that huge year with LSU. We talked a little bit about it with Ray on, on some of our episodes. I'm worried about a little bit of a drop-off for Jamar Chase and, and for the entire LSU offense, losing not only Burrow and, and those other key pieces, but also losing uh, their OC Brady who's now with Carolina. So I, I don't think Chase is the slam dunk 101 that many people do for next year. I think Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota could challenge him. Rondell Moore is, is kind of my personal favorite, but he's he's one of these undersized guys. So uh, even though I like him a lot, maybe a, a long road to, to being the 101. ATN, Hubbard, those guys could land there as well. Uh, and Alabama still has... Uh, some strong receivers in Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. And I don't know if you're dialed in with the tight end situation, but it looks like Penn State, Miami, it looks like there's a couple guys, the Florida kid, I'm not Miami, that there's right. two or three potential you know, high picks. Yeah, yeah, definitely better than, than what we've got this year. Yeah, Kyle Pitts at Florida is, uh, I think, the one you're thinking of. And my, Miami has Brevin Jordan as well. He's actually, he's my favorite Devi tight end right now. And then Penn State has a has a guy who, uh, he also was 2020 eligible and, and chose to go back to school. He would have really helped this current class. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I believe, is his is his name. Mm-hmm. So some strong options at tight end. I don't think any of them are going to be first round rookie picks like we've seen with with even like Hawkinson and Fant last year 
But again, definitely better than than what we're dealing with this year. So going back to Pigskin's overall question, it's it's always easy, and we hear it almost every time that you know if you like this year, wait until you see next right. year. But I, I think that's going to be the case. Quarterback is better. You mentioned it with Lawrence and Fields. Uh, uh, so I, I think quarterback ends up being better. Tight end certainly ends up being better. Wide receiver, at, at the very least, could could match this deep group. Yeah, if that's a wash, that's wow, you know. Right. And, and then uh, I can't imagine a scenario where, where running back is nearly as good as what we've got this year. But if the other three spots are better, you think 2021 is going to be another good year to to stack up rookie picks. And it always happens every year. And I was thinking, especially with quarterbacks, there's going to be, I mean, we weren't talking about Burrow a year ago. I mean, we weren't talking about it. Right. You know, Edwards Hilaire a year ago. Five guys will step up that'll be, you know, top 20 rookie picks for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some of these names that are that are deep down the list of, um, of Devi rankings or, or maybe names that you're, <laughs> you're not even familiar with yet mm-hmm. are going to pop up and, and be first round, uh, not only first round rookie picks, but maybe first round NFL draft picks as well. I mean, so. You're bar- buried behind Dobbins or you were injured last year. Or, you know, I mean, some of these guys are so young yeah. or just starting to grow into their body or, you know, there's a lot of these type of guys. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. Next question comes from Ed. He says, for a start one quarterback with short rosters, only 17 spots, at what point do you roster more than one quarterback? Uh, he, he mentioned he's carried uh, Russell Wilson since he started. And guys on the uh, – and then he only picks up quarterbacks for waiver wires. I don't know. That's that's a tough one for me. I don't play yeah. – yeah, I don't play in any uh, of those smaller – leagues with smaller rosters like that but in a one quarterback league and and you're limited by only 17 roster spots i i think adds on to something here if you if you land a guy like russell wilson or um one of these top top five even top 10 quarterbacks i think you just roll with him and you know if, if you get even if he gets injured there's going to be options on the waiver wire, not only his his backup or replacement, but some some low end guys that are starting every week. So I like the idea of just carrying one. I was reading this in advance too while we were talking about before, thinking, "Wow, this is kind of risky. What if Wilson gets hurt, or you know, what if that bye week situation's really rough for you?" But I think he's on to something too. I mean, the more you think about it, with a 17 person roster. You probably have two tight ends. Most teams probably have two quarterbacks. But that really only leaves you like seven running backs and seven receivers, and you need that depth, let alone if you have kickers and defenses. There probably will be car on the the rivers. I mean, people will be on the waiver wire. It's a little risky, but then I guess my follow-up question would be to Ed saying, then should you value quarterback a little more? If you have a Wilson or better starter, is it worth overpaying for them just a little so you can use that second roster spot somewhere else? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. and I, I think that's – you could say the same thing at tight end. You, yeah. you prioritize that position to lock it up and, and not have to – you know, not have to stream the position or not have to have a weekly decision. You know you've got Russell Wilson. You know you've got George Kittle. And you lock those two in every week and, and use your other roster spots 
for running backs and wide receivers. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's how I would play it with those small roster leagues. I mean, you'd hate to cut a promising young receiver or running back for David Carr for Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, you for know. sure. Got a couple questions from our buddy Mike. Mike says, "Will Jonathan Taylor be a top ten running back this season?" So of course Taylor. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, all these guys getting a lot of hype in the dynasty world right now, deservedly so. But are we going to see it pay off immediately with Jonathan Taylor? Do you think he can be a top 10 scorer this season, Matt? Can be, but I would bet no. If I have to answer this question, yes or no, I'd say no. I don't think Marlon Mack's going away. I think Taylor will be the man sooner than later, but not immediately. I heard some great conversations with Greg Cosell just today talking about the Indianapolis Colts offense, talking about how, we, we, we almost forget how good a receiver Mac was coming out of school, and they just didn't use that much. And you got Naheem Hines there. So I think all three of those running backs are going to be, are going to get time. You know, I mean, I, 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 someone in the Colts organization, I forget, it might even have been Reich, said, don't be shocked if Naheem Hines catches 10 balls one game this week, this year. You know, so... You need to see the field to do those things, and that cuts into Taylor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One resource I like to use because uh, I am, I guess, uh, so dialed in on Dynasty and kind of focused on that that long-term plan so much, uh, when when I think about scenarios or questions like this just for the single season, I like to look at Mike Clay's projections, and we've had Mike on here to discuss those before. He's re- recently released his uh, his projections for every single team, uh, offense, defense, everything. It's so in-depth. One of the best resources you can have to really get uh, – to kind of get that perspective this early in, in the process before training camps or anything have, have even started. He has Jonathan Taylor projected for 851 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 202 receiving yards, and – one receiving score, which would make him, uh, based on Mike's projections, the RB24. Hmm. So, uh, to, to your point, not even sniffing a top 10 rank. And, and I, I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he gives us more than RB24 for the season. But you're right. Marlon Mack's not going away. For, for the record, he has him projected for 676 and 5 plus 125 and one as a receiver, good for RB43. Um, Marlon Mack's not going away. Naheem Hines is going to have a role in the offense as well. So as much as I like uh, Taylor and value Taylor from a dynasty perspective, he has a long way to go to be a top 10 scorer this year. Agreed. True or false, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would rather have Akers for redraft than Taylor this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I think okay. I would agree. Yeah. And, and, uh, we can actually check, check Mike's projections here. I've got him pulled up right now. Let's see what he's got for, for Cam Akers. Oh, okay. He may, he, he's not as high. He's okay. got, uh, he's got Akers 694 and seven, 179 and one good for RB 35. And for the record, he has Daryl Henderson at RB 34. So he sees, he sees the split backfield. Uh, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would maybe disagree there with, with Mike on that one. I think I would prefer acres in redraft, um, and still certainly Taylor in dynasty though. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mike also sticking with the Colts. Mike also asked who will be the Colts wide receiver one going forward. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. Um, this year, again, focused just on 2020. I still think it's T.Y. Hilton, and and he's he's becoming a really easy player to buy in Dynasty because I think we're we're going too far discounting him. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think he's in for a really solid year. I think he's a really good player. Injuries didn't help him. Quarterback didn't help him. I think the obvious answer is Hilton, but I think it'll be Pittman sooner than later. I mean, I think it's a great fit for him. Quick hitting routes as well as downfield stuff, the size that Rivers covets. I think it might be Pittman as soon as a year from now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, and and Hilton is certainly getting closer to the end of his career. He had the injury last year, but I think again, that injury and, and the frustrating situation that the Colts dealt with last year with the quarterback, uh, the quarterback situation, quarterback change just has us all down on, on T Y Hilton and probably too much. So it it's hard to even get a second round rookie pick for Hilton in dynasty leagues right mm-hmm. now. So we probably should be buyers on him rather than sellers, especially if you're a contender. I agree with you, though. Like Pittman long-term, I think if they don't get something from Paris Campbell this year, they could be drafting another wide receiver early next season. Maybe. I was eating up Paris Campbell like crazy before the draft, though. I mean, I thought he's a dynamic athlete that might get some carries. Maybe I'm out a little bit on a weak limb with him, but I still have a lot of faith in Campbell. And I envision that often. This is a very optimistic view of it. But if you look at Pittman as their one a year from now, and aging Hilton as a you know one-on-one guy, two deep threats, not doesn't take the beating that he used to, and then Campbell is your jack of all trades. I think it's a pretty good group. Yeah, yeah, they they've got some upside there for sure uh, with the with the two young receivers. Like I said, they just need to see something from Campbell, uh, hopefully this season. Folks, by now, you most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager. We've told you about them a lot. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and way more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just takes more strategy. So, if you think you're among the fantasy elite, well, which you probably are if you're listening to us, well, this is the metal, This is the platform to test that metal. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code BLUEPRINT to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Matt, the next question is a very important one, I think comes from Mick Dynasty. He says, with the wide receiver position being so deep in fantasy currently, would you still consider taking wide receivers such as Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, or Chris Godwin over running backs like Mixon, Chubb, Jacobs, Sanders? 
You could also throw the the rookie running backs in there as well. Uh, Edwards, Hilaire, Taylor, Dobbins, Swift, all being valued in that same late first, uh, second round range. The, the wide receiver position has really flattened out. You you look right now, the wide receiver, uh, the wide receiver two in our ADP is DeAndre Hopkins at seven overall. Uh, you wait until late in the first round and you get Mike Evans at 21 overall. Is there really that big of a difference between DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans? I don't think there is. I might rather have Evans. Right. A.J. Brown, 27 overall. Odell Beckham, 28. Amari Cooper, 29. Galladay, 31. Julio Jones, 32. Why take... Uh, why take Hopkins, Adams, Tyree Kill, Chris Godwin, even these even these young wide receivers? Why take those guys in the first round when you can get a guy like AJ Brown, who's who's not far off Chris Godwin? In fact, I think we had a I think we had an AJ Brown Chris Godwin conversation on here recently, Matt, and decided those two guys are pretty close, yeah, and certainly closer than their uh, their ADPs would would display. Not to mention the Devos and Metcalfs and McLaurins and all these young guys. Right. And and again, throwing in the rookies, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb right. in that conversation too. Using your first pick, certainly, maybe your first two picks on running backs, loading up there, and then just hammering away at, at wide receiver, I, I think is a draft strategy that makes a lot of sense. And Matt, when we started the show years ago, we both agreed on the draft strategy of getting as many young wide receivers as you could and building around that position and waiting on running backs. But we know the NFL has changed. We know the talent in the NFL has certainly changed with so many good running backs coming in lately uh, in, in the past few years. And that has, that has to change your strategy. You can't, you can't sit with the same strategy from five years ago, 10 years ago and, and uh, expect it to keep working. When I when I first started playing Dynasty, and this is almost 15 years ago now, or over 15 years ago, my draft strategy was the same in almost every startup I did. I would take four straight running backs. I would take my first wide receiver in the fifth round, a quarterback in the sixth round, and then I'd look at the tight end position and add some depth all around. And and it worked pretty well for me. I had some success. I was taking guys like Lamont Jordan in the second round, and um, <laughs> and we know we know that that shifted quite a bit, and wide receivers uh, became really all the rage and and all that mattered for a, a couple of years. And now it's shifted again. So you have to change your draft strategy and your team building strategy as you go and as the NFL changes. I 100% agree. And I know redrafts are a lot different than dynasty, but you still want to win every week you you put a lineup out there. And in redraft, I am very firm in a league where you can, you know, assuming there's a flex and you can start three backs, in redraft, three of my first four picks are running backs. And it's always a first rounder, it's usually a second rounder, sometimes it's a third rounder. And in some leagues, I mean, you're just so hard to beat if you have three top 15, top 18 running backs out there. I mean, if Miles Sanders is your third back or, you know, pick, insert whoever you want, Fournette's your third back, you just have guaranteed points week after week. And, you know, rewind this podcast 20 minutes and talk about all the great receivers, 
that are coming into the league next year. I mean, that are going to add to the Cortland Suttons of the world and all these people we were talking about. So in redraft, sometimes I'll go running back, running back, tight end for a stud, running back, and then like four receivers in a row and just play them week to week, you know, where, you know, where just having a stud every week starting running back is far too valuable. And I don't want to play against teams where they have them and I don't. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Next question comes from Jacob. Uh, this is another Miles, uh, Miles Sanders-related question. Uh, trade question. Miles Sanders and two 2021 first, or Saquon Barkley, in a half PPR league. Matt, what do you think on that one? I love Barkley, and I know that there's a really good chance that the Eagles sign Hyde or somebody. And I think there is you know, reason to think that Miles Sanders might be a Kamara workload, not a Saquon workload, but the gap is not two first. I'll tilt I'll take Sanders. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think about Sanders and uh, he's, to me, he's worth uh, two first rounders, maybe a little bit more if you're talking late pick. So mm-hmm. if, if he's worth two and you're getting two more in 2021, Am I paying four first rounders for Barkley? I'm not. No. I'm not. So I, I would take Sanders in that deal pretty easily, actually. Yeah, so I agree. Uh, next one from Jeff. Who's the best long term running back pick between Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins? He says, I see these guys as the best options at 101. They certainly are. I, I, I would first say if you think those three are close, try to trade down. Somebody in your league probably prefers Clyde Edwards-Helaire or, or maybe it's Jonathan Taylor as the as the clear top option. And if you think all three are are virtually equal, try to move down to three or, or two. Even if you're not getting much on top, I think it makes sense. Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot, and maybe Jeff's kind of new to Dynasty, which is great. Welcome. But it looks like it's basically consensus that it goes in that order. Edwards, Hilaire, Taylor, Dobbins. And if you love one, fine. But I don't think this is a year, to your point, to have the 1-1. I'd rather have the 1-5 and whatever the difference is. I'd rather have the 1-3 and just take which one falls. If you're going to give me something to move back. And frankly, I can make the argument, I'm starting to kind of lean this way. which I'm not ready to jump on that, 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 that table yet, but... Dobbins might be my favorite. I mean, a year from now, I don't have to squint hard at all to say this guy's putting up 1,400 yards, Ingram's on another team, and they're running all over everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you you move down. Move down to three if possible. And even if you if you feel like you're selling low on the 1-1 one, one and you're, you're not getting a ton back in return or in addition to the 1-3, the it's okay. It's all right. Next pick come or next question. I was I was ready to make a pick there. Yeah, next question comes from Martin. What are your projections for the LA Chargers quarterback situations? Uh, Tyrod Taylor a full season. Herbert maybe after the week ten bye. Matt, how do you see that one playing out? Well, the latest little buzz is they might be talking to Cam, and I've said this since you know basically the season you know, since the off season opened. If I were the Chargers, I would have been I would have landed Winston or Cam before the draft and drafted Mackay Becton or something with the sixth pick and have Tyrod as my two. 
Um, so again, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I still think it's a great landing spot and the Chargers would be a contender and still kind of are. I think Tyre, I think there's a chance Herbert, I'm just cut the chase. I think there's a chance Burrow and Tua are the only rookies that start a game this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent, but I think it's very possible. Hmm. I, I still feel pretty confident with Herbert seeing action. Of course, that comes down to how successful the Chargers are. If, if it's if they're going into that Week Ten bye and they're seven and three, or I guess what six and three, um, seven and two, then they 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 can't can't make a change. Then that's uh, what I'm projecting, though. That's my reasoning. I think they're going to be good. right. Right, whether it's Tyrod or whether it's it's Cam Newton or whoever it might be, um, I, I don't see that level of success. We've, I mean, we've seen this team even when it looks like they're locked and loaded, still struggle to to put games away and to actually maintain that that success on a weekly basis. So I feel like they're closer to five hundred heading into that bye week, and and then we do see Herbert if not sooner. So. They're a hard team to trust, and I don't trust yeah. their coaching staff, and they lose close games, and that's not an accident. But 500 might get you the seventh playoff spot. <laughs> well, that's, that's fair, too. You know? That's fair. Yeah, especially especially if we start seeing weeks canceled and things like that. If the, if the season is shorter, uh, 500 could certainly do that. All right, Matt, a couple more questions here. Next one comes from Mike. With the offensive line and wide receivers the Jets added this offseason, do you see Darnold as a top 12 dynasty quarterback? I know you're, you've you been a Darnold fan. Are you I putting am. him in the top 12? I'd have to do some ranks. I mean, uh, there's obviously five or six that are very easily put ahead of him. I mean, I guess we could do the name game, to, so to speak. I mean, I like okay. the guy. I like the front office i like that they're supporting a lot around him the jets win games when he's in when they have mono they look terrible i sort of don't trust gase but i probably are you know know, let me throw some at you would you rather have darnold or baker yeah i'd rather have baker i'm i'm looking at at dlf adp and i was a little surprised to see how low darnold is he's not even close to top 12 right now quarterback 18 uh, in this dynasty ADP from from this month, Drew Locke is ahead of him. Ooh. Matthew Stafford ahead of him. He had a Jared Goff. Year. Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, all ahead of him. I- interesting one. Who is in the top twelve at quarterback twelve is Daniel Jones. He was. I would rather have Darnold than Jones. All those names make sense to me, though. I might rather have Darnold than Goff, but I think Ryan could have a massive year. I think Stafford's a great player, and I don't care about their ages that much, especially if they're my number two. Um, But I think that's a pretty wide tier, you know, that the 18th to the 12th isn't that big a difference. I agree. I agree. I I just feel like with Jones, we've seen some upside from him. His weapons aren't great, but they're probably better than – than what's across town for Darnold, yeah, um, and, and and we've seen this, we've seen the ceiling play, right? I mean, he had, uh, I've talked about it on here before. He had four weeks where he was a top two fantasy quarterback, 
he he was the only other uh i'm sorry other than him only lamar jackson did that in 2019 i mean i don't i don't think sam darnold's ever been a top two quarterback in a week uh you know let alone let alone multiple times or or on any kind of consistent basis so i think that's the the issue right now and that's what has darnold way down in that mid-range qb2 is he just hasn't shown the upside he hasn't shown that he can put up 30 fantasy points in a game and he's not going to run a ton i mean he's not a statue but he's not going to run for 500 yards in a year right right so i can't get darnold to the top 12 you know maybe Maybe there's an argument, him versus Locke, him versus Jared Goff versus Daniel Jones, but he's not going to jump six or seven of these guys, uh, at least not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Of course, he he does have some things on his side, as as Mike mentioned, some upgrades to the offense in general. He's he's still very young. I mean, this is, this is not a guy we're going to see get benched anytime soon. So he's going to have the opportunity – I mean, I'm still hoping for Adam Gaze to be run out of town as soon as possible. I think that will be ultimately a good thing for Sam Darnold and for the entire Jets offense. I would also rather have Burrow and probably Tua. Yeah, Burrow and Tua uh, both well ahead of him in our ADP. Burrow, quarterback 7, Tua quarterback 11, both being valued as top 12 guys already. Yeah, I would not rather have Herbert, though. Uh, no, no, that's that's what our ADP says as well. Actually, Herbert is right behind him at quarterback 19. But if you're looking for a backup and you can get Darnold for a third-round pick or whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's probably the price. Um, mm-hmm. I don't if if you've got Darnold, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're very motivated to sell for a third. You know that mm-hmm. really, really, why take a third if he's your backup and, and you know maybe he does turn into something. But I, I doubt you're getting much more than a third, though. Yeah, right. I hear you. If he was your starter, you could obviously do better. But if you're loaded everywhere else, eh, okay, I'll live with him. Yeah. Matt, our last question today comes from Eric. Eric says, rank these tight ends uh, based on 2020 projections only. Uh, three, actually four, uh, four tight ends here, all with with some upside, with some hope for a breakout soon. Ian Thomas. Hayden Hurst, Johnny Smith, and Blake Jarwin. Let's let's start with this. Who's your favorite out of that group, Matt? Thomas, Hurst, Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin. Hurst's situation is by far my favorite. And I think Austin Hooper's kind of just a guy, a good player. Yep. But, you know, Hurst could be that guy, which is a highly productive player. And I think they're going to throw a lot. I think Johnny Smith is by far the best player great after the catch i think he is a untapped resource but i don't know that tennessee's gonna throw the ball a lot ever so those two stand alone i mean thomas and jarwin are are on a different tier for me i'd probably go smith hurst thomas jarwin okay we're we're close there uh i think hurst is the easy top choice for me i agree with what you said uh about about Austin Hooper and and Hurst opportunity to to slide right into that role and produce similarly. Uh, Thomas and Johnny Smith are are very close for me, both in a similar situation that they've been stuck behind mm-hmm. that um, 
that veteran tight end for years, and and now it looks like they're both going to get the opportunity to take over as as Greg Olson and Delaney Walker have both moved on. And and the, I think the offenses are similar. Uh, maybe maybe the upside's a little higher for Ian Thomas in that that Panthers offense. We'll see what Joe Brady brings to that team. I think Blake Jarwin's pretty clearly fourth. He he would have been even before the NFL draft. Uh, he certainly is now that that they brought in uh, C.D. Lamb and and made some of those other changes. So Jar, Jarwin's fourth for me. The other three pretty close, but I, I do like Hurst the best. Yes, and I don't dislike Jarwin. Like, if he was a stealer and I was rooting for him, great. You know, you're a welcome addition to any team. They just gave right. him money. But, like you kind of mentioned, drafting C.D. Lamb hurts him bad. And I also bet Zeke and three receivers catch more balls than him this year. Right. Yeah, I just think uh, I, I think that's just a tough spot for Jarwin. Not not sure he really belongs in, in the same conversation as the other three. Little little bit lower, significantly lower for me, actually. Johnny Smith could be a really high on the uh, If any of these guys hits huge, though, I think it's Johnny Smith. I'm really fond of his talent. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, Hayden Hurst already being valued uh, in, in redraft as, uh, as close to a tight end one, close to that top 12 range. So we're definitely not alone in seeing him or, or projecting him to – to kind of take over exactly what we saw from from Austin Hooper, who was a top twelve scorer there. He's our age, though, isn't he? <laughs> He's getting close. <laughs> He's getting close. All right, Matt, that will do it today. Thanks for uh, thanks for all the great questions. We had a ton more we didn't get to, Matt. We we might have to knock out another one of these soon. These are fun. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>